Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God for our meditation this morning comes from Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son, and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business. While the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry. And he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him, hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Thus far, God's holy word. You may be seated. In the name of Christ, by whose blood we are dressed for the banquet of our God, dear fellow redeemed. It should come as no surprise that there are lists upon lists about proper wedding etiquette. This goes for both the wedding party and also the guests. In looking at these lists of do's and don'ts, nothing really stood out to me as not being obvious. You would think, for example, do not wear a dress that is similar to the bride's dress. You would think everyone would know that without having to be told. And yet it needs to be a constant reminder to some people. Another example, do be punctual when responding to wedding RSVPs. Most times you are given a date when you need to RSVP by. The date is usually a ways down the road. Another seemingly obvious point, respond as soon as you can. Don't assume that you can send in your reservation pass a deadline, and still be accepted as a guest. In the parable that Jesus told the Pharisees in our text this morning, Jesus is really giving proper etiquette for a great wedding feast hosted by God himself. But this is no ordinary wedding. God sends out his invitation with a hard deadline, and no one can send in an RSVP after that deadline has passed. 
God also provides a very particular dress code. And if anyone is found not following that dress code, they are immediately kicked out of the great wedding feast. And that is the basis for our theme for this morning. Grace, the dress code for God's banquet. Again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they will not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. The king in this parable spared no expense for the feast for his son. He slaughtered his oxen and his fatted calves, the very best of the best that he could provide. Everything had been prepared. It was ready to be enjoyed. And so the call goes out to those who were invited to now come and enjoy the feast. Now, it's an important reminder that Jesus here is speaking a parable. And not every detail needs to or has an explanation to it. But here, it cannot be more obvious. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees directly and in turn to all the Jews. See, the Jews were the ones who were invited to this great feast of God. To them, God gave the promise of the Savior. Multiple times in blessing the Jewish Jews' ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God gave them the promise, the same blessing, in you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. They were the ones chosen to carry the line of the Savior. Salvation will come from among the Jews. And so the Jews were the first ones who should recognize when that salvation came. Jesus himself said in Matthew 15, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He reveals that part of his mission on this earth was to reach his own people, to get them to trust in him as a Messiah and to become welcome guests in the wedding feast of God. And in this parable, the king's invitation, invitation went out prior to the preparations being made. Now that everything has been completed and made ready, then the call went out to come and receive the blessings of having that invitation. God's invitation goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15, the first promise of the Savior. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between her seed and your seed. He shall crush your head, and you shall strike his heel. The promise of the Savior was not just given to the Jews, who weren't even a nation yet, but it was given to literally the entire world. Adam and Eve were the only people in existence. And so that promise extends to every single one of their descendants. Jews and non-Jews included. 
But Jesus' audience, when he spoke this parable, remember, is the Pharisees who are questioning him. By whose authority are you doing these things? This narrows the focus of the first invitation to the Jews who were given that genealogical line of the Savior. And they are the ones who responded to the king's invitation without a care in the world. Again, he sent other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants and treated them shamefully and killed them. Now this should come as no surprise to us. Isaiah prophesied this very attitude in Isaiah 53, verse 3. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, as, and as one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him, esteemed him not. And even more pointedly, John writes in the opening chapter of his gospel, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. This is the reaction the invitees had to the king's servant. And it's that very reaction that the Jews had before Jesus came, and the same reaction they had that Jesus faced when he walked this earth. He was despised. He was rejected by the Jews. Those before Jesus had God reaching out to them through the prophets to repent and join this banquet. God had prepared. Others saw the kingdom of God come right before their eyes. Everything was ready for them to come and believe in Jesus and enter the banquet hall of God. But they refused. And while many did believe the promised Messiah and did enter the banquet of God, the majority rejected God's messengers. And while some turned their backs and went their own way, others outright persecuted the prophets who were calling them to repentance and even went so far as to kill them. And we see that in our day, don't we? The message of the cross and repentance, what is the reaction it receives? I don't have time for this. I'll worry about that stuff later. Or how dare you judge me? The invitation of Christ crucified is sent out to the whole world. All may believe and enter the banquet of God, but this is a natural reaction of mankind. It is either outright rejection and hatred or it's a nonchalant putting off until it's a much more convenient time for me. And maybe you know someone who has fallen into that reaction. Or maybe you have fallen into that temptation yourself. God's invitation is right now. Come, enter the feast before it is too late. Each one of us has a time of grace on this earth. 
The moments we have to live and breathe are the moments we have to hear the Word of God and believe on Jesus for salvation. And on the scale of eternity, our time of grace is but a moment. And that time is running out. And what is your reaction to God's invitation? What is your loved one's reaction? Once that moment comes to an end, there is no more chance to RSVP. There is no second chance. Then there is a second man. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The second man took the invitation the king had sent him and disregarded the dress code that was on that invitation. That dress code is perfection. God's standard for entrance into his banquet is greater than any other wedding party. You had to be perfect. But this man took God's invitation and he tried to enter on his own terms. He was the one who decided which parts of God's salvation he liked and which parts he wanted to leave out. But God does not compromise. No one can say on the day of judgment, God, I was a good person. I did my best. That is why you should let me enter your banquet. God's response is going to be, cast him out to the outer darkness to hell. Why? Because no one can decide to enter the kingdom of heaven on his or her, her own terms. This hasn't sounded like a very pleasant sermon, has it? You're right. The parable Jesus told was riddled with the law. It was a stark warning against indifference to God's call to repent and a warning against making God's standard what you want it to be. And the result of that is eternal destruction in hell. But there is good news. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. This invitation to the wedding feast has gone out to everyone and so also has the garments required to gain entry. To those who rejected the invitation and to the man who was found without a wedding garment, there was a punishment that was brought down on them. And that is what you and I deserve by our nature because of our sin. But that punishment was taken from being over our heads to being on the shoulders of God's Son, Jesus Christ. 
Jesus was cast out. He suffered the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. He cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He faced the wrath of God to its fullest extent in your place, in mine. To what end? That we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Jesus' mission on this earth was to reach His own people, but it also extended beyond that. His mission was to be the substitute of those who by nature reject God. He came to satisfy God's anger against our sin and to cover you, to shower you with this perfect, innocent blood. Christ's blood cleanses you of your indifference. It purifies you of the desire to have God on your own terms. This blood won for you the invitation to God's banquet and it gives you the wedding garment required for entry. Jesus is your everything. Whether you have been good in your life or whether you have been bad in your life, Jesus' perfect blood washes you clean of your sins. Though your sins are like scarlet, He makes them white as snow. Though you by nature reject this mystery of God, the Holy Spirit works in you to create the faith to believe in it. You don't decide for Christ, but rather God works in you. Your faith, your life, your salvation is completely in your Savior's hands. It's grace. It's undeserved love. This is a wedding garment that you have for entry. It's that simple. It's that easy. There is nothing for you to do or to earn it. Jesus has taken care of it for you. Purely out of God's love for you, Jesus came and died for your sins. Out of God's love for you, He accepted Jesus' payment on your behalf. And He raised Him from the dead. And this is your invitation and your wedding garment. Enter into God's banquet hall through your Savior Jesus. Enjoy all the wonderful blessings that God has prepared for you, His child, both here in time and hereafter in eternity. Proper wedding etiquette is always a good thing to keep in mind. You don't want to offend the host who is celebrating their special day. Even more so in the case with God's banquet. Here is God's etiquette. But he said to me, that is God, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. God's grace is sufficient for you. It is your invitation to the heavenly banquet because Jesus has paid your entry fee. He has clothed you in his righteousness so that you are God's welcome guest forever. And may the grace of our God, the love 
of our Savior and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.